warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Feels good to mingle with these laid-back country folk, don't it, Harry? I like it a lot. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 118 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? I fell down the stairs. <laughs> I, why do I feel like I should not be laughing about that? It was funny when the Blues Brothers fell down the stairs. Yeah, they did it with a lot more style and a small child's desk wrapped around their bodies. Yes. I did no such thing. Okay. What, yes. what happened? So, I guess you should tell our listeners how this came to pass. Here's the thing. My wife is a lovely woman. Yes, and I know this for a fact. It's true, and I am attracted to her. As you and should be. I, as well, 
I should be, being that I live with her and everything till death parts us, which could come sooner than later. <laughs> if the stairs have rate. anything to say about it. Yeah, so I was walking down the stairs, and I should add, stairs have been a little bit problematic for me since the brain injury. They do take a ridiculous amount of concentration, whereas they used to take no concentration. Okay. So the stairs are a little tricky for me, but I was walking down the stairs, and who I see but my wife walking across the room in front of me. And I became so distracted, just like looking at my wife as I'm walking down the stairs, that I just sort of stepped out into space, like a couple steps from where the bottom is. Just like in my head, yeah, I'm already at the bottom walking towards my wife, going to go say hi, something like that. No, I just, I just stepped out into the air and went just straight down. Bam! <laughs> So how many stairs from the bottom were you? Not the typical one stair from the bottom. you know. Where it's just like the, the jarring step. Right. Yeah, not the, ow, oh, that was a hard step. No, like two stairs. Wow. Which is enough to transform it from kind of silly to, damn, I have just fallen upon hickory flooring. So did you have the wherewithal to like throw yourself into a judo roll and bounce up out of it? You know, that kind of thing requires a little bit more forward momentum than I had at the time. <laughs> Mine was more of like a accelerating at 9.8 meters per second squared straight down kind of thing. Okay, so not live like a jungle cat. No, more like dropping <laughs> a sack of dead chickens. <laughs> Just like flop. Made a hellacious noise, kind of flopped back over on my back. And my lovely wife, who was busy with her own thing, she just kept walking like right out of the room. She didn't even know. You're kidding. I know. I'm just like laying on the floor that that moment of like, boop, 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 poor me. And I hear the door close and she's gone. And all of a sudden, And my kid kind of pokes his head over the back of the couch like, Dad, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Only my ego. Good so Lord. to make matters particularly painful... I, I like kind of brush myself off and take stock of all my parts and they're still attached and everything. And later on in the evening, my wife and I are, are kind of getting ready for bed and, and she's talking about work and there's this pause in the conversation. I go, so I fell down the stairs and without missing a beat, she picks up and continues to talk about work. <laughs> and I'm just like, dang. Oh, wow. I'm and, sorry, uh, man. She was in the zone. She was thinking about her own thing. She had no time for my bullshit. <laughs> if I want sympathy, I know where to find it. In the dictionary. Right That's here. right. Right there between shit and syphilis. <laughs> That's a Mr. Calkins classic right there. That is one of the that, things my dad taught me. Yes. Yeah. Both of us have heard that many times from your dad. Yeah. We stopped coming in for sympathy, didn't we? <laughs> we sure did. It did the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all my parts are still attached, pride wounded. And once my wife really, you know, found out for real that I did fall down the stairs, she she made all the appropriate, like, sad noises. So I feel better about the world. <laughs> Good. Well, something else that will make you feel better about the world is this episode's musical guest. Yeah. Returning for the third time as a musical feature, Sacramento's The Nickel Slots. The Nickel, hey, I know those guys. You do know those guys. And finally, we're actually going to have an interview with one of the members of the band after all these years. So wow. we're thrilled to have the Nickel Slots back. Their new album, which is called Let It Ride, uh, you just heard the title cut from that, kicking the show off, is actually scorching hot. I dig it a lot. 
So uh, as we continue the show, you're going to hear a lot of great music. And uh, we're going to speak with Paul in a little bit. But in the meantime, since we are listening to a country-fied type of music, it's time for Gordon's Farm Report. Gordon, <laughs> how are the chickens doing? Let me tell you, last night was the first I don't night. give a shit. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you really wanted to know. No, I don't I... give a shit at all. Chicken <laughs> coop's done. Chickens are inside. They're all still alive currently. So they're, they're no longer living in your house with you. Under your armpits and things of that nature. That's right, and I'm pretty excited about not having chickens living inside my house anymore. I gotta think that that's true. All right, well, uh, why don't we do then that thing that we always do about this time? Gord? Yes? What pisses you off? You know what pisses me off, Steve? What's that? Iraq. Again. (laughs) Again? Really? Seriously? Again? It frickin'... Boggles my mind. In my life, we have gone into Iraq. I don't even know how many times at this point. Once again, it's falling apart. Once again, the same voices of bullshit are calling us. You know, we got to go to Iraq. Otherwise, we're in deep shit. It's a threat to Western civilization. Our country's going to die. Terrorists everywhere unless we go into Iraq. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Just stop it. I heard the, the best anti-piss-me-off thing on the news today, though, but it was wrapped in a big bundle of, like, trying to make me scared. And it was, Iraq has decided that if they can't come to us for help and, like, right away quick, why, they are threatening to turn to Iran and Russia for help. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) sweet. Go to them for help. I'm done. Pissing me off, Steve. So you're an isolationist now. Good for you. I'm a done with Iraqinist. (laughs) I know, Iraq is like that farm animal. You just can't stop sticking your dick in, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, so that's that's definitely a a good piss-off, I guess. The longer that's in the news, the more pissed off I become. What about you? What pisses you off, Steve? You know what pisses me off? It's dawned on me that I've come to that age where everyone thinks I'm full of shit, even when I'm not. (laughs) Oh, even like, when you're not. Yeah, you've, re- you've reached like that old man level where everybody thinks that the old guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I'll give you an example. Please do. So my son, last year, end of the summer, for his birthday, he got this gray raincoat. And it was a very nice raincoat. He got it from uh, his great-grandmother. Kind of sports, athletic type of coat. And, not like uh, a flasher raincoat? Keeps him, no, keeps him dry for several months. All of a sudden, one day, it's like time to go to school, and it's raining out. And I'm like, put on your raincoat. What raincoat? You know that raincoat? You've been wearing it for months. Yeah, I did. what raincoat? So we you find another coat he had and go on with the business. And we, I never see this coat again. And it's driving me apeshit. And I asked my wife, what happened to the gray coat that our son had? What coat? The gray oh, coat. He was wearing it for like all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. I want you to shut up. <laughs> so this is like one of those movies where the guy wakes up and everyone pretends they don't that's know who exactly he is. it or like nicole kidman's like daughter disappears and nobody believes her that she ever had a daughter yeah this is just like that so my son gets his yearbook from school last week last week of school and there are pictures all over the fucking thing with him in that coat and I'm showing it to everybody who will listen. <laughs> I'm becoming a pain in the ass. That's the coat. That's the co- See, I told you. I told you there was a coat. There it is. It's right there. And do people start going, oh, no, Steve, you never yeah. said that uh, we lost <laughs> no, the coat. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. I want you to shut up now. 
But there's there's no, oh, you were right all along. It, it totally was not satisfying that I was right about that. But it truly did. That coat disappeared. And it's like the pickle thing. I've been bitching about the pickle thing since, like, our first show. The fact that you can't get a decent sour pickle anymore, the kind that you used to get all the time. No, you can't get them where you live. I get them where I live. I don't you, know why they're I don't pickle. think so. Like, the, it's all kosher dill, and you cannot get just straight-up garlic dill pickles anymore. The only place you can get them is if you go to, like, a deli where they've got a big barrel of pickles, and you can get them there. But you can't Wait, are you just... talking about the giant pickle that's, like, the size of a donkey dick and floating in the jar? Those are them. Those taste like the pickles I'm looking for. And you used to be able to get them, and now you can't get them anywhere. And they've got other kinds of pickles, but they don't have this one kind that was a very popular strain in the 70s. And it drives me up the fucking wall because I can't get any decent pickles. Oh, it's so annoying. And nobody believes me. Those pickles were made with, like, lead and red dye number four. (laughs) Maybe it could be. But when I talk to people, I'd be, yeah, you know the pickles that, like, everybody ate? No, I don't know what you're talking about. I want you to shut up. (laughs) We never had pickles. So, (laughs) what is a pickle? And then they'll, like, hand me like a tomato. This? No! (laughs) You know, it's only going to get worse as you get Oh, I know, yeah. So that pisses me off. that I've I've evidently reached that stage in my life where I'm a crazy old man. And you're not even really that old yet. I know! But it's... You can see it coming, man. Yeah, you're going to be like that light in the tunnel. used to have a rotary dial. (laughs) Go back to the asylum, Pops. (laughs) Right. But this is something that, you know, could have a bearing on people's lives. The coat would keep my son dry. Pickles would make me happy. And yet I can't have either thing. That's why I, can't, I just can't have nice things. You can't. You can't have pickled things. You can't have dry things. And that totally pisses me off. Hey, before we uh, jump into the next tune, I've got a couple of uh, news items I wanted to talk about. Upcoming events. Lay it on me, man. All righty. So, uh... As, oh, why I said it like that. <laughs> as I yeah. mentioned uh, last episode, you recall Ceremonial Castings, our musical guest, on uh, July 7th at 2-Bit Saloon in Seattle. They will have, be having their uh, record release party for Cthulhu, so you'll want to check that out. On July 12th at Games and Gizmos in Redmond, I will be hosting Cave Evil Live 2, the second live gaming event of the ultimate Dungeon Necro Brawl board game. You must go if you are in the Redmond area. And on August 16th, that's a Saturday at 8 p.m. at Scarecrow Video, myself and Tony K will be hosting the Real to Real Dementia Movie Night, where we will be screening The Incredible Melting Man from 1977, along with some shorts. We'll be doing some trivia, having a few beers at Scarecrow Video. It's going to be a great time. Scarecrow has sponsored us for a long time in the film festival, and I really wanted to give something back to them because they've always been awesome for us. And this is the first and hopefully uh, multiple events where we will be hosting a movie at their fine venue. So I hope you can join us. It's going to be a great time, and uh, that's what's coming up in the Bone Bat world in the near future. Man, the Incredible Melting Man really freaked me out as a kid. Oh, dude! I never actually saw that movie. As a matter of fact, I had that issue of Starlog with, like, the melty face in it. And I had to, like, take the page out and throw it away because it freaked me out too much. I'm not even sure if I saw the movie either, but I just remember being really freaked out by that. Yeah, I was totally freaked. So I'm excited to finally see it after all these years. 
Tony like says that it's great. He hadn't seen it in a long time. But as I understand, they just re-released it on Blu-ray. So the version that we see of like this horrid melting face is going to be the highest def you could possibly get. Is it filmed in Melty Vision? I think it is, yeah. In oh, Goo Around. Oh, Goo Around. <laughs> no, wait. Don't that's... they do that for other movies, too? <laughs> that's something totally different. All right, well, why don't we listen to a tune? What is this one, man? This song is One Foot in the Gutter, out the Nickel Slots' new album, Let It Ride.
Once again, that was One Foot in the Gutter off Let It Ride, the brand new release from the Nickel Slots. And joining us now, well, Gord, he's your friend from a long time. Why don't you introduce him? Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Zinn from the Nickel Slots. Woo! Hey, Welcome Gord, to the Steve, Bone Bad good show. to talk to you guys. Good to finally have you on the show. Now, I'm, I know that you've been friends with Gord for a long time, and he's told a ton of stories about you over the years, but we've never actually spoken, so this is kind of <laughs> cool for me, too. See, I have real friends. <laughs> you still want to talk to me after the stories he told? See, you're one of the few people I can commiserate with about what a pain in the ass it is to be Gord's friend. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk after. <laughs> to get him off the line, but yeah, yeah, we'll talk. There you go. Uh, we had no secrets here. Both, we were both lowly freshmen in the, in the college marching band. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. So he was the entertaining freshman who made up lyrics to uh, Run DMC songs at, at band events. And Paul was the uh, musician <laughs> <laughs> who knew music theory and could play instruments and things. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about the nickel slots. All right. So the nickel slots, as I understand it, Paul, you've got you, obviously, on bass and backing vocals and as well as mandolin. And then you've got Christopher Emeril and Steve Emeril playing drum and uh, guitar. And then lead singing, you've got uh, Tony Brusca. 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 How does he pronounce it? I think he normally says Brusca. All right. He's of Sicilian heritage, so I suspect that his ancestors would have pronounced it Brusca. Brusca it is. Yeah. And uh, he sings for you guys, and he also sings for a uh, Sacramento, I don't know what you call it, power rock, power pop, a very, very rockin' party band called uh, the Brodies, right? Brodies, yeah. Yeah, they're still doing it. They've got a big uh, concert in the park show coming up at the end of July. Well, it's interesting because it it seems to me, listening, and I haven't spent a ton of time yet with uh, Let It Ride, but it seems to be a lot more of a rockin' affair than Five Miles Gone. It's like you turned up the distortion a little bit. What do you attribute that to? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's definitely got a lot more rockin' songs on it, and it's got some more uh, uh, mellow songs on it, too. Going, uh, you know, like uh, we've got Old Guitar, which is a laid-back and, uh, and little country-ish song. Mm-hmm. You know, that song makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we've, we've expanded our horizons in, in a couple of ways with this album. There's also some instruments on there that uh, that we haven't had. There's banjo on this album. We've never done that before. Paul, you're one of those people that plays like a million and 65 instruments. Uh, and until I got this banjo, it was a million and 64. <laughs> what, what instrument don't you play? I was thinking about this before the show, because you you'll play, essentially can play anything that's brass and anything with strings. That, that's a bit of an overstatement, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's say the banjo was a really hard one for me to learn. It requires a lot of muscle memory to do the, the finger-picking style. Which was the hardest, the picking or the grinning? <laughs> it definitely wasn't the loving or the sinning, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> for a true answer to Gord's question, flute, clarinet, I cannot get a decent sound out of either of those. Okay. And Didgeridoo, I'm assuming. I'm cool with that, by the way. Oh, dang. Flute and clarinet. I actually do own a didgeridoo, and, and I use it on... <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. You would own a didgeridoo. <laughs> I can't do the circular breathing that the real good guys do with it, but uh, I, I got a sound out of a didgeridoo that was good enough to use on a recording. Nice. Oh, God damn. <laughs> Paul's been in bands forever, as long as I've known him. And usually they, they're really silly. This is like the most serious band I think I've ever seen you in. You were in one called... Uh, 
Oh God, what was the name of the band that did the the butt medley and the cat with two heads and the Blow Kings? The Blow Kings, yeah, that was a fun band. Before this, your the, listeners get any any weird ideas, the the name came from the fact that we were a a horn powered band. Oh, okay. With, with wind instruments. <laughs> no, and Paul used to blow <laughs> sailors. <for laughs> by that name, I have no idea what you're thinking. It has nothing to do with cocaine or what you do in truck stops. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was a very silly band. We we had all kinds of props and costumes and parody lyrics and various audience members getting embarrassed in the shows. It, it was pure silliness, indeed. Yeah, and now now you're serious. The band you're in currently, the Nickel Slots, you sing songs as if you were a bunch of dysfunctional gamblers and alcoholics, yet you're all a group of successful suburbanites. Uh, <laughs> What gives? Are these the paths that you might have taken had fate not intervened? <laughs> well, I, I will give credit to, to Tony Brusca Brusca for that catalog of songs. Tony's written all of our songs. You know, he had some some songs in his back pocket when we first started jamming together that kind of formed the the core of our sound, and he's continued to to be that inspiration and. He writes some things that are out of his imagination, but a lot of it are from actual events in his life, people he knows, you know, stuff that's happened to him. So it's not all uh, made up, not our real lifestyle kind of thing. It's just, let's just say that we're not all living the same lives now that we lived when we were younger. That is true. You've got a song called Dry Town that seems to describe the struggles of a guy who is a valentine. I'm assuming that's his last name. He's kind of a small town fuck up who's who's thinking about getting out and starting over is that a is that a reference to a real thing in in real life where did that song come from that's actually the the third song in our continuing saga of the the valentine family that started with our first album and the song 120 days and 120 nights that was uh, about kenny franklin valentine who was kind of a small town fuck up <laughs> as you might as you just said and this one on this album is about his son kenny jr who's kind of trying to escape his dad's legacy and his mom's. The second album, Five Miles Gone, had the song Slam Doors and Screeching Tires, which was focused on Kenny's wife. Ah, which is referenced in Dry Town. Her drinking problems. Uh, so Kenny's actually a, a guy we know in Woodland, and we let him do some of our uh, website work and uh, when, you know, when he's not in, in the clink. So we've been able to, to get three songs about his family out of this. Who knows whether his aunt or his grandma is going to make a song for our fourth album. I don't know. <laughs> wow. That's, that's actually super cool. I had no idea. If you come to one of our shows locally, you might actually meet Kenny Franklin Valentine. I may have stepped on him. <laughs> you may very well have. You know, you've got a song, One Foot in the Gutter, and it is really fun. And Steve's guitar work is, is just sort of way out in front of the band and as the song goes on it's almost like the band kind of catches up to him and is having as much fun as he's having was that song did it come about differently than the others because steve's guitar work is always solid but it it almost seems like he's on another level on that song now i, I love his lead on that song and it it kind of slides around it the the way that he phrases some of those licks doesn't fall the same way across the chords as uh, as some of the other stuff that he's played and it gets me every time. I'm expecting it to change one way, and it and it and it goes a different way. Hmm. Uh, but no, that it wasn't developed any differently than the other songs. So the fact that it comes at you from a guitar leading, and then the band catching up—that's that's a new one for me. I, I haven't really considered it that way. 
The one song that did come about a little differently on this album was Old Guitar, which came from a, a lick that Steve wrote and then handed over to Tony, and, and Tony developed uh, kind of the rest of the, the song around it and, and wrote the lyrics. So he's really the uh, almost the brain trust, the guy that writes and writes the lyrics and writes the music to almost everything you guys do, huh? Yeah, he'll he'll write the the lyrics and and the melody and make a little demo of himself uh, singing and, and playing his acoustic guitar, and he'll bring that to the rest of us. And we all uh, arrange the song as a band and put together our own parts and uh, and make it a nickel slats thing rather than a, a Tony thing. And huh. it comes so easily to us. I've never been in a band where where the songs come together the way they do, like this group. We all understand you know what each other's strengths are and 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 how to make a song fit us. It's really fun. That's great. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I guess every band has a different way of the music coming together, and I always like hearing how the final product happens. Now, you guys just came back from your international tour, right? You just Our, uh, you played in Belgium. We went to Belgium and uh, one show in the Netherlands on, on this tour, which we had done a similar tour a couple of years ago when we... Uh, we played two shows in the Netherlands that time, so I guess we like them half as much now as we did then. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, at least in my brief experience with Belgium, is the people in Belgium are quite possibly the nicest people in the entire world. Almost yeah. to like, like you wonder what's really going on. Is this a Stepford kind of thing, level of nice? <laughs> <laughs> they are extremely nice. We had a couple friends that we made on our last trip. We ended up staying in the town where they lived this time, and they played host to us the whole time we were there. They they loaned us a bicycle to get around town. They came over and, and took us out to the local beer store so we could buy all the, the crazy Belgian beers. They showed us the local castle. They had us over for breakfast on Sunday before we left town. And there was, a, there was another fan that... Uh, that came and saw us a couple times on this tour. The second time she saw us, she brought a gift basket for us. <laughs> All kinds of food and beer and stuff. Yeah, uh, we love going over there. People yeah, really And the club owners treat the band so much better than, than we see at home. Oh, really? Yeah, when you play a, a show in, in California or, you know, Oregon, Washington, whatever, uh, you know the, the club will normally give you maybe two drink tickets. You can you can have a couple of beers right, yeah, for free sure. when you, when you play there. And anything after that, you're paying full price for. In Belgium, we get fed dinner at the club before the show, usually a home cooked meal kind of thing in in the back kitchen, mm-hmm. and uh, and then as much Belgian beer as we want, and you know not just the crappy equivalent of Budweiser, but anything on the menu, as much as we want. I, I tried as many Belgian beers as I could on both of these trips. <laughs> yeah, they're real proud of their beer over there. And they should be. <laughs> yeah. You ever notice that you have a beer in Belgium, and then you try to have that same beer in the United States, and they don't taste at all the same? Like, if you have a Duval there, and you have a Duval here, it's like a different beer? I am not quite that attentive as you, Gord, on that score. But I will say that when some friends and I had uh, Guinness in Ireland, yeah. it did not give us hangovers the way Guinness back in America <laughs> can do. That's because Guinness in Ireland is not served with tequila like we do. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's not your own twist that you're adding, Paul. Oh, that's the trick. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you guys played a gig in a prison in Belgium. We did. You want to tell her... Uh, 
our listeners about that? That so, sounds pretty pretty crazy. So this was like your Folsom Prison Blues? <laughs> well, that was that was kind of the image that we had in our heads going into it. Uh, the the guy who sets up our tours over there has has taken other bands uh, to to play prison shows. He works with uh, a warden that they they kind of they know him over there as the rock and roll warden. Whatever prison he's working at, he'll he'll work with this this guy to bring in entertainment for the inmates. So after hearing about that when we were over there two years ago, we said when we go back, we want to play a prison show. We want to be like Johnny Cash, man. <laughs> but. Uh, the, the scene was definitely not reminiscent of you know the Johnny Cash live shows at, at Folsom or San Quentin or whatever. It was a brand new prison. It just opened in, I think, March, maybe April. State-of-the-art place, not anywhere near full. There are only like maybe two or 300 inmates that are currently housed there. And uh, we were there on a night when there was a World Cup match on TV. So a lot of the inmates chose to stay in their cells and watch soccer. And we ended up performing in this rather small room that they also use for religious services and it, it kind of looked like a, a classroom at a school or, or a conference room in an office or something you know fluorescent lights overhead concrete floor just a basic rectangular small thing with some portable chairs set out and there was no stage there was no barrier between us and the prisoners they they walked in uh they're actually wearing street clothes these guys uh they, they come in and they sit down in the chairs three feet from us and we played for them for an hour or so. And it was a very intimate show. I mean, there's only a couple other shows that we've ever done that, that felt that same way, that same level of intimacy in a small coffee shops here at home. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, looking these guys in the eye the whole time, some of them were, were really engaged with it and were smiling at us and clapping and maybe starting to try and sing some of the lyrics along or whatever. And the other guys were just staring straight ahead no interaction at all. Maybe they'd clap a little at the end of the song, but the, you know they were kind of off in their own little world. And you know the whole time we're performing, we're just trying to to figure it all out. What are these guys here for? What did they do to get into this prison? How long are they going to be here? What do we mean to them? Right? You know, yeah, are we sure. just something they could do rather than sit in their cell for an hour on a Thursday afternoon? Uh, or are they really excited to come and listen to this band from California? Mm -hmm. uh, do they resent us because we can walk in there, play a show, and then walk back out again? Oh, it's just a surreal kind of a thing. But after the show, we all went and shook hands, and they all shook our hand, even those who had been kind of sitting there stone-faced. Um, and some of those guys, then they, they did smile and were enthusiastic and, and thanked us after the show. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think I will ever have an experience like that again. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty amazing experience. Wow. Yeah, we've got a, a blog entry about that on our website that, that Tony wrote up. I think this was a little more a meaningful experience for him than it was for the rest of us. He was kind of really apprehensive about it going in, and so I made him write a blog entry about it. <laughs> he did a great job, so, uh, so go to the thenicholaslotsmusic.com and, and read that blog by Tony. Yeah, he's got uh, some photographs as well. The cleanest, shiny floored prison I've ever seen. Yeah. It was like nicer Not that than I've our, seen a lot of prisons. That was nicer than our high school, man. <laughs> Way nicer than our high school. I'm not surprised knowing Gordon. <laughs> Cuter girls too. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Ah, uh, that's rough. So Paul, tell our listeners where they can find the Nickel Slots music. Suppose they want to buy some Nickel Slots music. Where would they go? 
Well, the, the number one place would be the nickelslotsmusic.com because when you buy it directly from us, we keep all the money. <laughs> Yay! We're, we're also on iTunes and, uh, and CD Baby, and you can, uh, you can listen to us on Pandora and Spotify and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to buy it, then you can come to one of our shows or buy it from our website or, or iTunes or CD Baby would be the, the best ways to do that. And we certainly appreciate anybody who likes what they hear on the Bone Bat Show and, and goes and, and checks us out. Well, it's awesome to have you here finally. And even though you haven't bothered shortening your Earl after all the all the grief you've gotten. I was waiting for that, Steve. <laughs> it's still the Nickel Slots Music Dash Angel Fire. <laughs> Someday. Slash GeoCities. Wait, do I have to type HTTP before? <laughs> Shit, I'm lost. Hey, the greedy bastard who owns the nickelslots.com is going to let go of it and we can snap it up. But right now he wants too much money for it. Maybe you could trade him for the blowkings.com. <laughs> I already let that one go. I, I was Did just, you? I, I'm afraid to Google that, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know who has it now. It's okay, Steve. You won't be able to see my face. <laughs> Something's got to be blurred out. Well, speaking of, since Paul's a friend, now normally we wouldn't keep a musician around for this segment, but Paul, why don't you stay with us for a minute as we check out Gord's Weird Stuff? Oh, I love Gord's Weird Stuff. Yeah, you know my weird stuff. I uh, came across this, so to speak, last week as I was <laughs> perusing the internet like I do. You know, this 3D printing thing, it's, it's the thing all the kids are doing these days, and there are applications like you read about. But I, uh, I stumbled across what is called the dildo generator, <laughs> where you can, you can have a, not necessarily a 3D dildo printed out, but the form for it, the, the cast, the mold, if you will. You go to the computer, and you make any shape you so desire for your dildo. It could be a dildo that's made out of dildos that shoots dildos out the end. I don't even know. <laughs> Gordon, how do you define stumbled across? Well, <laughs> he means carefully Googled. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say that I came across it. <laughs> across it, underneath it, yeah. <laughs> After shaking out my keyboard. <laughs> and I just had to wonder, you know, about this site where you could, any shape your imagination could come up with, you could have the mold created and... I suppose there are size limitations, but the mind reels. I don't know. Maybe you could do a whole series of interlocking ones, like sort of pornographic Legos. <laughs> so you could create your very own H.R. Giger poster? Oh, my God. You totally priva- could. In the privacy of your own home? You could. Yeah, well, why not? Well, Penis Landscape, I believe that was called. Yes, I, I think there was a number attributed to it, number 10 or something like that. <laughs> number Cause, two, based on what I saw. Because he had done a bunch of them. I don't know this is a series. you, you got to wonder, who has that coffee table book? <laughs> I don't know, Paul, do you have the H.R. Uh, Giger uh, Penis Landscape coffee table book? I own number one. Signed <laughs> copy. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm just curious about what sort of analytics we're going to get out of this technology. You know, when, when this site keeps track of all the dildos that people generate through it, they'll be able to tell us all kinds of things about society based on the, this data. Oh my God, you could. Yeah. If you somehow paired that with like Facebook data, you could get 
all sorts of cultural and age reference favorite shapes and sizes and everything else. <laughs> so, exactly. so we're we're going to be able to come up with all kinds of new stereotypes out of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> These aren't your children's um, insensitive jokes, no. So, so it won't just be they show you a picture of a dildo and you get very sad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm so sad. All of a sudden, I was just looking at pictures of these 3D printer dildos, and all of a sudden, I was blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you found them in your wife's drawers. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> uh, you could do a lot worse. Well, I think that's all the weird news that's fit to print. Before we let Paul go, though, there's one question we ask every every guest on the Bone Bat Show. We Paul, do indeed. How much do you pay me? Yeah, that, the other question. Oh. What pisses you off? You know what pisses me off, Gord? No. Air Canada. Air Canada? Air Ca- well, you know, we liked them on the way out to Europe. But on the way coming back, I, uh, I check in at the terminal and start walking off towards the gate carrying my bass guitar because every other time that I've flown with this bass guitar, I've been able to carry it through security to the gate. And at that point, they say, hey, this is too big. We got to gate check it. No problem. I'm happy to hand it to them there and let them put it under the airplane from there. Air Canada stops me and says, no, you can't take it to the gate. And not only that, you have to pay for it as an extra bag. Oh. Oh. 75 goddamn euros to have a second checked bag on the way home. That sucks. That's lousy. Yeah, that's, that would piss me off too. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm you know, right before talking to you guys, I was researching their policies online to see if I could come back and challenge those bastards and get my money back. Plus, you already had a whole other bag full of like Belgian beer and 3D printed dildos, so <laughs> that's probably well over your limit. Strobe waffles, these awesome little cookies with caramel inside. Yeah, I, I, I left all my clothing in Belgium and, and brought back nothing but dildos, beer, and strobe waffles. <laughs> Which, remarkably, you wore as clothes on the plane. (laughs) A suit made out of waffle cookies? (laughs) The caramel makes it stick to your body. It totally works. I know what I'm going as for Halloween this year. (laughs) Cool. Well, on the way out, why don't you tell us a little bit about this next tune, On the Wall? On the Wall. This is one of the uh, the ones you guys mentioned as, as kind of the more rocking songs on the album this time. And uh, we are currently working on a music video for this song. Killer. Yeah, our second music video ever. We did one for The Devil's Chain Gang about a year and a half ago. Got a lot of great feedback on that one. And uh, it is a spooky, killer video with uh, all kinds of creepy buildings in Woodland where we shot it. But uh, this next one will be a different thing. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And we hope to get it out sometime early this summer. Uh, but on the wall is is a, a bopping little number. It's great stuff. Well, thank you again so much for joining us on the show, man. Hey, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Gord. Heck yeah, Paul. No, fuck yeah, Gord. Fuck yeah, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> on the wall. You pull me in. You twist me around. You hit me upside of the head and send me sprawling on the ground. I'm all alone when you were gone. Won't you save me from my misery and come down on the wall? Remember when we used to sing? Remember why you held me tight into the night and set me free? Won't you come down where you belong? You fill me up with fear and pain to see you stay. 
station and moonlight apologies. Now I am flat and you were sharp. Sometimes I turn the other way. The disappointment is too hard. And then you smile and call my name and try to tempt me with the line that this time won't be the same. All of the years of playing ball, the yin and yang of begging you to just come down up on the wall. Once again, that was On the Wall by the Nickel Slots. Thanks again so much to Paul for joining us on the show. Once again, you can find the Nickel Slots at thenickelslotsmusic.com. <sighs> <laughs> We're such dicks. <laughs> yes, yes we are. How about a little multimedia triage, my friend? Yeah. Hey, speaking of dicks, I watched How to Train Your Dragon 2. How to drain your what? How to drain your flagon too. <laughs> Should have been titled How to Drain Your Boring Ass Dragon too. I loved, I loved How to Train Your Dragon. That I, was a great movie and it looked great in 3D. It was one of the few films that you really got something out of it. The swooping candy colored dragons. That was badass. That is maybe the only movie I've ever seen in 3D that I thought was worth it. Yeah, How to Train Your Dragon 1. Great. How to Train Your Dragon 2 looked fantastic, and 100% of the effort in that movie was geared towards making it look fantastic. It was just flipping, useless, boring, linear plot. It was like a bad old Disney movie to the point that at one point I actually said to myself, Christ, this is like a bad old Disney movie. The only thing that's missing is a song, and not five minutes later the Vikings burst into song. <laughs> The way to enjoy that movie, I only found this out afterwards, and you might have to wait till it comes out on disc because it's kind of sketchy to do it this way in the theater, but if you've got earbuds or some kind of really good headphones you can put on mm -hmm. that'll make it so you can't hear the movie, and you put in uh, Metallica's Master of Puppets, <laughs> and you hit play at any point before the movie starts and just listen to that while you watch the movie, much better experience, I'm told. <laughs> nice. Yeah, do that. Okay. But I've been watching some good stuff. Yeah. Fargo. Yeah, why don't we talk about a few? We had a whole bunch of season finales of TV shows hit. So why don't we talk about uh, Fargo, uh, Game of Thrones. Did you finish Orange is the New Black? No, I'm only on episode 10. Oh, dude. I know, Good I know. finale, good finale. Okay, well, let's talk about Game of Thrones. 
Sure. I uh, like. I was a little disappointed that there wasn't enough combat right there towards the end. <laughs> it was like really? there were thirty or forty seconds without Is anyone being impaled or like decapitated or something. Okay, so the, the very last episode, spoiler alert, uh, vague spoiler alert, Tyrion took care of his business in a way that wasn't as good as it was in the books. I thought that it was handled better in the book. It was more emotionally resonant. It seemed like it was sort of rushed. One of the greatest moments in the series, or most satisfying moments, I think. And it was just sort of brushed off, rushed through, and we're on to the next thing. I was a little bit disappointed about that. But uh, all in all, fairly satisfying. Close to the series. Wow, you'd bitch if you were on with a new rope. I, <laughs> I thought that they did a great job with that. Really? I, yeah. Were you were you actually sitting there watching it, or were you doing like 15 other things no, at the no, same time? I, I was watching it, and it just there was other stuff that was cut out. There was a conversation between Tyrion and Jamie that was cut out. There was kind of a, a major plot point that was actually brought up like in the first season that they didn't go back to that was one of the main reasons why what happened happened. And that was just left either on the cutting room floor or they never even shot it. So that you could have this big sword fight between Brienne and the Hound, which didn't even happen in the books. It was like some made-up shit. I don't know. <laughs> Steve, what? This it's all made-up made shit. shit. Yeah, I don't know. I know. It's not I know. true history. I know, but, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of think that the show works best when it hews fairly closely to Martin's original work. With a bunch of extra stuff cut out. Yeah, and so, but like, like whoever it was who said, this time you have a bunch of extra DLC stuck in, you know. Like these other things that didn't happen. It doesn't really make a difference to the plot. Might be cool, might not. But in this case, that I don't think that added anything. And then the final scene, which was supposed to be big, I thought kind of got rushed through. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the very, very end. The, the, final, the final scene, that happened a bit fast. But overall... Considering you're watching a TV show of a book that's about 9,000 pages long, <laughs> I thought they did a really good job, and I was into it all the way through. Right. But now you wonder, like, because they're already, they've shown a couple of things that in the books didn't happen until book five. Yeah. And the next book, and next book and a half maybe, were kind of not that great. So... <laughs> You wonder, now, are they like, just going to cut out all the boring stuff from those two books and just plow ahead? George R. R. Martin, be damned, maybe. make up their own stuff. Yeah, what what happens if they catch him though? If like Winds of Winter still isn't out by the time you know the next season or two are done, will it be like dividing by zero? That will could, the universe collapse? That could totally. Well, no, they'll probably just make up their own shit, and George will have to catch up with them. Maybe he's just going to go to writing movie scripts. He's never acted like he's in a big hurry to do this. You know Maybe what? he'll just be like, yeah, and then I wrote movie scripts. You know, he used to be a screenwriter. He wrote for uh, Beauty and the Beast, that Ron Perlman series way back in the day. Huh. Did you know that about him? That I was didn't like where know that he about made him. his bones, yeah. I know he sure likes to edit anthologies, though. <laughs> yeah, there's another Wild Cards book like every other week. But, uh... <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> No more Game of Thrones for you for a while, buddy. Anyway, yeah. so that was so, pretty good. Fargo was fairly amazing. It was 
so good. That was one series where you went into it not really knowing what to expect, but hoping, just hoping it's going to be good, and it exceeded expectations. There were some things in that that you just had never seen before. The, yeah. the, the deaf hitman, that gunfight inside the building where you never oh actually see the gunfight. That was insane. That was yeah. one of the coolest things I've seen in TV in the last five years, was that scene, that three-minute scene. It was like listening to an episode of Zhao Zhao Stickman Fighting. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? But yeah, the, the, it was interesting because like the show, it, I thought it was going to waver. I thought in the middle it was being weird for weird's sake. And no, man, it shifted into another gear, and the last three episodes were freaking brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, every time, like, a series does a time jump, you kind of go, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. But no, they did not screw the pooch. It closed strong. And I can't wait to see what they do next time. I can't either. I hope there is a next time. I I hope they re-feature the bag of money in there somehow. Yeah, well, that's what I think. I think it's going to be another town, another crime story, completely different. It might vaguely allude to some things, or one or two characters might pop up, but it'll just be its own thing, and I think that would be beautiful. You think there'll be another pregnant sheriff? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, there had to be sort of a, a narrative throughput from the movie to get you there. And yeah. so it had the similar things, like the Billy Bob Thornton character was similar. I think the, the pregnant sheriff was similar to something in the movie. But now that we're there and now that we're engaged, you know, they've got a big palette that they can work with. Indeed. Wow, we actually agree on something. Huh? Yeah, oh, no, that was good. I read a book. You did with words and everything? Yeah, I, I don't know how another Lee Child book slipped by us, but it did. Jack Reacher returned last year in a book called Never Go Back, uh, which is uh, out now. You can actually get it. Uh, I got it from the library, so you can grab it anytime. Uh, story is after the, uh, what were the two books, 61 Hours and the other one that took place in Nebraska, like Bang Bang, one after the yeah, other. Yeah, I know what you mean with the, the underground. Uh... Yeah, they were about six months apart and uh, really good stuff. And uh, in that book... The whole time he was talking to this uh, woman who was the new, uh, she was the new major of the one tenth MPs, which is the group that he came out of, and she was sort of his eyes and ears on the ground that helped him get through the madness of those two books, and he wanted to meet her because he liked her voice on the phone, so he right. goes back to Washington D.C. and the minute he hits town, he gets accosted by these two guys that say, "Get out of town." We're going to kick your ass for every night that you're in town. He, of course, works them over in short order and finds him up to his eyeballs in trouble. This group is throwing all kinds of crazy shit at him. He's got a paternity suit on his hands. He's being charged for murder. He's just all kinds of crazy stuff. And, I mean, he's up in it. And you don't know. This is like two chapters in, and you don't know where it's going to go from here. And it is a great read. One of the best reachers in the last half dozen so go read and never go back great stuff uh there's another one i think called personal which is coming out in september and i just got access to the galley of that so i'll be able to review that for you on the next show oh you got another galley access it's been a while yeah it has been i'm glad i'm glad you're you're accessing the galleys again you, you gotta access the galleys yeah so uh you know something you and i both saw 
was uh, Bad Milo. Yes. Oh my gosh, what a fun movie that was. Hilarious what a movie. Disgusting, hilarious movie yeah. Bad Milo is. Fantastic cast across the board. Everybody in that movie is perfect. It's currently streaming now on Netflix. This you can is, turn off this podcast right now and watch it, then come back. I, I would say this is one of those movies I'm really sad that we didn't get for the Bill and Bath Film Fest. It would have been perfect for us. This, yeah, that is absolutely our speed. <laughs> Essentially, it's about what is perceived to be a possessed anal polyp, which goes about killing and then crawling back yeah, inside the guy's Ken, butt. Ken saying. Marino, who you may remember from, he's been in a lot of stuff, Children's Hospital. He's in... Uh, that show party down uh he played kind of the crazy uh, leader at the start of that show of the uh, party waiters and then uh he's in this as well and he plays a guy who thinks he has intestinal problems oh he does <laughs> and they end up being a lot worse than he expected and the cast is hilarious the lines are so funny and it's a really good flick definitely up there as far as horror comedy goes. Again, probably a little more comedy than horror, but still really fun. <laughs> Plenty disgusting. Oh, absolutely disgusting. Yeah, loved it. <laughs> hey, another movie I think we both saw, Cheap Thrills. You know, I haven't... You, saw, oh, you I, haven't seen that one? I have not seen Cheap Thrills, but I do know that uh, a director that is here in Seattle, TJ Nordiker, did a documentary about the making of Cheap Thrills. Well, that's that, what I was thinking. Yeah, they premiered that at Crypticon this year. I didn't get to see it because it happened at the exact same time as our Bone Bat thing. So something I really want to check out. All right. Well, this is a movie. It's about uh, a guy. He's, he's down on his luck. He's got a baby. He's got a wife. He's got an eviction notice. He's got fired from his job. He's having a bad day. Goes to a bar to have a drink and just sort of figured out before he goes back home. And faces the music there, runs into an old friend he hasn't seen in five years, and the two of them encounter a mysterious couple with a lot of money, throwing it around, who want to party and have a good time. And things escalate and escalate and escalate from there. I really don't want to give a lot away, so uh, it, it's just the the couple, they'll, they'll pay him a little bit of money, pay him, you know, 50 bucks. The guy's got 10 bucks in his wallet. And he owes over four grand immediately. And they're, they offer him like 50 bucks to get this girl in the bar to slap him. Or 100 bucks to go slap a stripper on the ass, etc., etc. And you're not completely sure where the thing is headed, but you know it's headed in a bad direction. And interestingly enough, uh, David, is it Kochner? Kochner? I think it's Kechner. Kechner. David Kechner is in it in a non-comedic role. He's usually a pretty funny guy. He was in Anchorman. He's in all Anchorman kinds 2. of stuff, yeah. He's in uh, Dale and Naked Trucker Save the Universe or whatever the crap. You know him. He's, and he's in a, yeah, a he's, more serious, sinister role this one. He does a great job. Uh, also, you've got uh, Sarah Paxton plays the, the femme fatale. And uh, Pat Healy and Ethan Embry are the, the main buddies in this that uh, are in deep trouble. Cheap thrills. Check it out. It's a it's a cool movie. It gets a little dark. It gets a little darker yet, but it's pretty awesome. <laughs> You'd expect nothing less from a film reviewed on the Bone Bat Show. Yeah, not as much uh, necessarily comedy, 
as we're used to pitching around at you, but good stuff anyway. Cool. Hey. Yes. I read a book. Okay. I hope you're sitting down. Are you sitting down? I am. It's a Horace Heresy book. <laughs> you never read those anymore. I know. I decided to break out, try something new. Scars is the name of the book by Chris Wright. And this is about the White Scars, the Genghis Khan's ah, horde-like space marines. Of course. Yes. What side are they on? Chaos? Are they on the Emperor's side? Are they on their own side? I don't know. It's craziness. I the think... mysterious Alpha Legion is involved. And, of course, those chaos bastards from Horus, they're involved as well. And those those word-bearer guys that I'm getting real sick of, they're involved. Those it's are a... like all chaos guys, right? Every one of those is a chaos legion. What? Yeah. Wait, no. Not all of those guys. Well, you, yeah. You just Alpha spoiled legion. it, you son of a bitch. Did I? No, I don't know. <laughs> well, you're messing me up. Well, I think Alpha Legion is is chaos. Yeah, they're chaos Word because bearers, they have to be. Word bearers is chaos. Way chaos. Original chaos. OC. Yo. <laughs> right. So then it would stand to reason then the white scars are also chaos. But are they? They are their own thing. You'll have to read the book and find oh, out which way okay. they go. I'll check it out. All right. Yeah, I think that's book number 28. There's supposed to be only like 30 books in the series. So pretty soon I'm going to have to start talking about some other books. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> cool. Well, I also uh, played a little bit of a video game uh, over the last weekend. Uh, the game is called Shadows Heretic Kingdoms. Uh, it is a top-down dungeon basher. Think mm-hmm. uh, Diablo. Think Torchlight. That sort of thing. Absolutely a beautiful game. I just got early access to it on Steam. And the cool thing about this one is uh, you start out and you're a demon that has been summoned from hell by this wizard who may or may not be good. And oh, wait, is a good wizard that would seem to summon a demon right. from hell? So this demon is a devourer. And so what you do is you devour souls and then you can basically use those people like they're these dead heroes at the start of the game. One of them is a wizard, one of them is a warrior, one of them is a rogue or thief or whatever. And so you devour their soul and you can basically bring them back to life to fight for you and your party. So it has that sort of puzzle aspect like, say, uh, Lego Star Wars, where you can switch between characters to handle different problems. And the cool thing is when you're in the demon's mode, he, yeah. the whole map is in like this shadow world, which is completely different from the real world when you flip back into the hero mode. Like guacamole. So you see things totally differently and there's like different traps, different uh, treasures in each mode. Very cool stuff. So just dipping my toe into it, and uh, there was an update recently that I think fixed. I'm having a little bit of lag problems with it, but I'm sure by the time that it finally comes out, I think it's due to be released in full in September, they're going to have those ironed out. But really good-looking game and a nice twist with um, a little more puzzle-solving than you might see normally in, say, these dungeon bash ups You know what I mean? I know what you mean. So, uh... It's coming from Games Farm, and it's put out by Bit Composer Games. So keep an eye out for that. Again, Shadows, colon, Heretic Kingdoms. Uh, it's a cool game so far, and I'll give another update next show after I've finished uh, the playthrough. 
I've been playing uh, a little Serious Sam 3 lately. <laughs> you know I like the Serious Sam games. Yeah, my son's been playing that recently, too. <laughs> Maybe he can get me past these levels I'm stuck on. <laughs> that game started out so fun, so much like all the other games, and then it got insanely hard. Like, oh, okay. way harder than this middle-aged man can deal with. <laughs> it's just stupid hard now. I can't go five seconds without dying and having to start over. You know what's kind of freaking hard? Have you played a game called FTL? No, you don't have Steam or you don't play stuff on computer at all. No, I'm I'm an anti-computerite. Xbox me. So FTL is like those old games where you'd be in a spaceship and you pause things to micromanage. Oh yeah, that game looks really cool. It's really cool, but it's fucking hard. Because, like, you'll get attacked by a couple of enemy ships, and they're bombarding you, and you're pausing it, and you're like, I've only got three guys, and i got to send them to get their shields and get my guns back up, so if I hit their shields, maybe they'll stop shooting at me for a minute. <laughs> ah! It wigs me out, but it's really fun. Difficult, though. I want to spend more time playing with it. And there's this sense of urgency. You basically have to skip across a galaxy and get to, like, an exit point before the enemy fleet catches up with you, and there's, like, this wave that's following you across the map. So it, it really gets kind of tense. Yeah, the guys over at Penny Arcade have talked about that game a lot. That looks like a, a very cool game. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, I mean, I think I picked it up for three bucks during Steam sale, Steam summer sale, so... Nice. Yeah, I mean, watch for sales, because you definitely can get a good deal on it. It's a, Hell of a game from what I've played so far, but hard. Man, it's hard. Hey, I have been listening. I I don't know how to break the news to you, Steve, but okay. I think we're at the stage in the relationship where I can I feel that I can tell you I've been listening to another podcast. <laughs> okay. I found this podcast. It's not very old. There's only a few episodes of it. It's called Song Exploder. Okay. And what this podcast does is it takes a song... And it talks about, it interviews people involved in the creation of the piece of music. It talks about how the song came into being. And then at the very end, it plays the song. And it's really, really neat. There's an episode that deals with the theme song for House of Cards. And they talk to the guy that came up with the theme song. It's just all the thought he put into putting this song together and the feedback he got from the director and, and how it started all the way up through its finished product. And it's just brilliant. And then you'll go to an episode where they play you some techno song that I've never heard of. And it's just basically a couple of idiots and a synthesizer that just, and then I found this and I threw it in and what the fuck now it's great. You know, <laughs> just like kind of confirms everything I suspected about a lot of this music. But it's, it's really neat. If you're kind of a music geek, even if you're not a musician, but you're interested in where music comes from, Song Exploder, it could turn into a very cool podcast. Find it wherever better podcasts are sold. Well, that sounds interesting because I, I was kind of digging on, uh, did you ever see those? It's a series of books called 33 and a Third. And it will, no. it's, they're very slim little tomes. And basically, a guy will like interview all the people that are involved in like the creation of a single album. And so I picked up a bunch of these a while back, like Rain and Blood by Slayer, Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys, 
uh, Doolittle by the Pixies, Highway to Hell by ACDC, Na- It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, Public Enemy. Just like this really cool hyper slice of one given piece of music. So that sounds just up my alley. Yeah, I think you would like this. I, I hope it continues, and I hope they they branch out and do more and more. They did a real interesting one by this by the band Garbage, mm-hmm. and you know I don't care about Garbage. That's a real take it or leave it band for me. Yeah, same. But it, you know it's fun to hear about how their music comes together. Yeah, the process is always kind of interesting, or often yeah. anyway. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? It's not always interesting, and that's kind of interesting in and of itself. Right. Wow. Well, that that turned out better than I thought. When I misread the notes. I thought it was a reality show called Dong Exploder that you were going to talk about, which I didn't really have a lot of interest in. That's funny because uh, when I was at your house, I saw something on your computer called Schlong Exploder. <laughs> and boy, I can't unsee that. <laughs> what were you doing on my computer? <laughs> Exploding. <laughs> Schlongs. Why do you ask? Something. <laughs> All right, why don't we listen to one more tune? Are you done? I'm done. Are you through yet? Oh, now I am. <laughs> Let's do one last tune. Let's enjoy, I guess, what episode three in the Valentine Saga from the Nickel Slots. This is Dry Town. Well, I've got to get out of this dry town. I've got to get out, so I want to waste my life. I've gotta get out of this dry town I gotta get out Tonight I'm Kenny Junior Valentine I've walked this town all of my life Daddy's locked away up in Pelican Bay Since Mama hit the bottle and she ain't been right I close my eyes, I can almost see All my childhood Pump, looking at myself when I grow up Maybe I'll head up north somewhere Rise from the ashes of this fire I can finally sleep at night Without the sounds of screeching tires Slamming doors and screeching tires And I gotta get out of this dry town Gotta get out, don't wanna waste my life Gotta get out of this dry town Before it makes me crazy yeah, I gotta get out of this dry town Nothing left here for a valentine Gotta get out of this dry town Gotta get out tonight Tonight I tried selling dimes over hand and foot Searching for my streets of gold I'm dying of thirst and my throat is dry But there's nothing left here for a valentine I kicked out of school, kicked off the team Tired of selling that gasoline Tired of hanging my head in shame When I am not the one to blame And everyone here knows my name Maybe I'll hit the Frisco Bay Take the boat and let's travel down Granddaddy gave me good advice He said don't go roads, keep moving on When you hear the dogs, it's time to run And I gotta get out of this dry town I gotta get out, don't wanna waste my life Gotta get out of this dry town Before it makes me crazy, yeah I gotta get out of this dry town Another left here for a valentine
Well, I gotta get out of this dry town. I gotta get out to want to waste my life. Gotta get out of this dry town before it makes me crazy. Yeah, I gotta get out of this dry town. Nothing left here for a valentine. Gotta get out of this dry town. I gotta get out tonight. Tonight. And that was Dry Town from the Nickel Slots 2014 album, Let It Ride. Woohoo! Woohoo! Thanks, Paul and the Nickel Slots. From thenickelslotsmusic.com. Thenickelslotsmusic.com. You do need to put HTTP slash colon another slash in there somewhere, and then maybe www. <laughs> depending on which browser you're using. <laughs> it just keeps getting funnier. And then when you're done... Another backslash index dot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I know on a typewriter it's called the return key, but on the keyboard it's called the enter key. They're in the same place. Push that one. (laughs) Now for an Easter egg, go to nickelslotsmusic.com backslash Paul's penis. That's no Easter egg. For your free download of Paul's custom 3D (laughs) dildo. All right, I'll cut all that. That's actually funny, and I think you can leave it in. <laughs> that's what she said. At least the that's funny part. <laughs> Jesus. Is this podcast almost done? Thank you. Thank you to Paul and the Nickel Slots of for course. putting up with our crap. Absolutely. Once again, I uh, hope to see you guys on July 12th at Cave Evil Live 2. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557. Long time since we had a voicemail. Does that thing still even work? Someone should call it and see. Yeah, call us. Leave us a message. Tell us what's going on. Tell us what pisses you off. We'd like to hear from you. Or Ask you can, us a question. You might get an answer. You can reach us also uh, via email to steve at bonehand.com. We have new content on bonehand.com often enough. It's also the home of the heavy half hour on occasion. And you can find my stuff often enough at Mighty Wombat at MightyWombat.com. Or you can check me out on Twitter, which doesn't happen nearly often enough. Backslash Gord's Penis. Backslash Dildo 3D printed dot 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 (laughs) dot 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 dash dot. Or you can follow me on Twitter. Was that Mighty? Was was that the coordinates of your 3D dildo in Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually uh, SOS. <laughs> dot, 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 dash, 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 doing. <laughs> oh, mighty underscore wombat on Twitter. We've you can got... follow Bonehand on. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Bonehand over there as well. And we also have a uh, Bonebat Facebook page. Did you already mention that? Not yet. We've got a Bonebat Facebook page. Go there. I put something on it today. I, I put something put on there my... yesterday. We actually do try to keep that live. 
We update that more than we update our own websites, which is sad. And there's like free stuff on there all the time whenever we think of it. So that's where you go to find free stuff and cool stuff and cheap stuff. Yeah, and if we ever get a coupon for, you know, half price, three-quarter price, free price, 3D printed dildos, <laughs> that will be where we put that's it. That's going to be your venue there. Right there. All right, once again, thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Our last tune tonight. Gordon, why don't you reel this one off? Club Rendezvous, or as they say in French, a Club Rendezvous. <laughs> From Let It Ride. <laughs> once again, I am Steve. And this is Gordon. Have a good one. Oh, I do have a good one. What happened? We got French at the end. <laughs> that was funny. What time is it anyway? I've been sitting here all night. Damn. Well, I'm waiting down at the rendezvous. Last tool at the bar. Sitting, sipping beer. And just wondering where you are. Someone pulled the trigger. Shoes.
that drink, they been here many times The boy was only 22 Yeah, he stopped in for some smokes I guess he's only passing through We found the right place at the wrong time When I turned around, you made a stand The bartender says it's the last call At the rendezvous It's time to hit the road And there's nothing I can do It's the last call All the lights are coming on And I'm standing in the parking lot And I'm shaking in my shoes And I'm wondering what the hell became of you It's the last call at the club rendezvous It's the last call It's the last call Where are you in the club rendezvous Where are you in the club rendezvous Where are you in the club rendezvous Last call oh. Bonjour, bonsoir, and bon air. Sound like Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. Hey. Oh, yes. A double is a triple dildo. Print me out today. I'm fat as a candlestick. In your ass. Why? I don't know. <laughs> now, whenever I think of that movie, I'm going to get oddly aroused. Be our guest. Be our guest. I will blow it on your chest. <laughs> Wee 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 boop.